Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I'm so glad you're here this weekend. This is such an important series that we're going to be launching this morning. Uh, we started last night, obviously, in the, in the 6 o'clock service on Saturday nights. For those who don't know, we do have a 6 o'clock service. If that's more convenient for you to come, then please come on Saturday night. Um, this is extremely important. If you consider this place your home, uh, if you consider New Beginnings the place where God has planted you, and this is your church, you need to be here for these next three weekends. It's extremely important because we're going to be unfolding and kind of revealing what the direction for this church is for the future. It's extremely different than what it's been in the past. Uh, 20 years, so um, you need to hear what's going on. So I want to start off this series and start us off in the direction by not so much talking about what's actually going to happen. I'm going to do that three weekends from now on the, the weekend of the 17th and 18th. What I want to do today is talk about the principles in the Word of God as it pertains to vision itself. So many of us really understand how vision works and why what vision is supposed to produce and what, why God plants a vision in an individual's heart or in the heart of an organization as he has with us. Now, to kind of give you some background a little bit here, um, usually towards the, end of the, towards the end of like November, December, the Lord usually starts speaking to my heart about what the emphasis for the coming year is going to be. Last year, it shifted a little bit, actually two years ago. Two years ago, it actually started in November. Normally, I have myself trained where, and, and you know, you get yourself trained because once you've had some experience with God in a certain particular way, you kind of expect it to happen that way. And for the past at least decade or so, um, God has been speaking to me, and that, if that sounds strange to you, I'm not a weirdo, I don't have mental illness, because um, God does speak to his people when his people listen, okay? And they're willing to, to hear. So the, the unusual thing that happened about, started about two years ago is it started getting earlier. It started happening in November. This past year, it happened in August. So you've got to buckle your seatbelts today because I've got all these months built up in me that I have not been been able to just contain myself to reveal to you what God has shown us, the opportunities he's giving us. But at first, we have to talk about vision. You need to understand how vision works. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why ahead of time. This thing is so big, okay, that we, every one of us are going to have to get behind this. Everyone, if you call this place home, if this is where God has attached you to, you're part of this vision. And so I need all of us to understand how vision works. Because this, this one's impossible for me to do on my own. It's impossible for me to do with our staff, our leadership. It's going to require every individual. At this point, it's probably, you know, we usually see about 1,100 people per week in all the different services, uh, men, women, children. Uh, but probably the real church membership here is probably about 1,500 because not everybody comes on the same Sunday. I mean, think about, you know, do you come here every Sunday, every weekend? Sometimes people come, you don't see them for a few weeks. So 
uh, you can't just go by weekly attendance. We have to go by what we kind of like feel in our hearts, okay, uh, this is how many people actually call this place home. And it's probably more than that, but I'm just trying to be conservative about that. So it's going to require every single individual, every household, every person to get behind this thing, okay? So you need to understand how vision operates. Now, the side benefit of this is going to be that when we learn about the principles of vision, not only is it going to affect the church, but it's going to affect you personally. And, and there are so many, as we're going to get into this, you'll see it as, as, a kind of, as I get to unpack this whole thing, you're going to see that maybe you're going to get an answer today of why, why maybe at some season of your life, some of you may be going through it right now, that you just felt like you were wandering, just stagnating, or just aimless, just going through the motions, getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, blah, 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 but never really feeling like I nailed it. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you hate that feeling of I'm doing this, but I don't feel like I'm nailing it? How many of you love that feeling when you know I nailed it? Okay, so let's talk about this. There is natural vision. Obviously, natural vision is the ability to, to receive a picture formed in the brain by the info that our eyes are picking up, the, the, the information around us, the circumstances that we're in, that formulates a picture in the brain. That's natural vision. Supernatural vision comes not from natural surroundings. In fact, most of the time, supernatural vision will be completely opposite of what you're seeing in the natural. And you'll have to hold on to that, okay? Uh, it, doesn't come, it doesn't come naturally. It comes from another realm. It is not a picture that's formed by the brain like natural vision is. It's not received through natural eyes. Supernatural vision comes from within. Now, when I say comes from within, I'm not saying that it originates with, with me or with you. It originates from our spirit who is inhabited by the Holy Spirit when you are born again, okay? How many of you know, how many of you know when you got born again, when you received Christ, when you, when you declared your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live inside you. He's still there. He hasn't left. He didn't check out. He doesn't go on vacation. He's there, okay? And he is who transmits from heaven, from the headquarters of heaven to you on earth the orders of Jesus, the commands of Jesus, the vision for your particular life, the vision for this church. It all comes from the headquarters of heaven by the Holy Spirit revealed to your spirit so that you then can run with it. You got it? All right. So, um, supernatural vision reveals what has been hidden, that which has been in existence in the realm of the spirit, but now it's time for it to go from the realm of the spirit to the realm of the natural, and that's when God begins to show an individual, to show a group of people, this is what's coming, this is what I want you to do, this is the action I want you to take. Okay, you got that? This is important. Again, remember, for you personally, if you want to avoid those, those time periods in your life where you're just like, I'm not walking it. It's not, something's not right here. Something's out of whack. You got to stay connected with God. Amen? Amen? All right. So what does God say about vision? This is interesting. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. Now let me give you a little bit better translation, a little bit better paraphrase. The Message Bible puts it this way. <clears throat> if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Most blessed. I want you to notice that. See that phrase? Most blessed. 
We are most blessed when we're hitting on all, 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 all the cylinders, all eight cylinders, right? We're most blessed when we have gotten a hold of the vision of God and we run with it. He said when there is no vision, people are unrestrained. What does it mean to be unrestrained? Just wild, just, just running around aimlessly. Just what happens? Here's why, here's why that happens to us. You see, because you and I have been created by God. We're in his image and his likeness, right? Are we not created in his image and his likeness? Do you realize that God is a visionary? If God is a visionary, that means he knows what he has in his heart. He knows what he carries in his heart. He knew your life way before you were conceived. He already had a vision for your life. We're going to talk about that later. But it didn't come to pass yet. He's a visionary. Now watch this now. Because some of you, some of you have fallen for this lie, have swallowed this, this ridiculous notion that, well, some people are visionaries and the other people are the ones who carry them out. Now, to, to an extent, that is true. However, every single one of us have the capacity and the capability to be visionaries. Why? Because you were made in the image and likeness of So start seeing yourself that way. Because some of you had decided to take a second seat in life because you think, well, that's just not me. I don't operate that way. You can if you let him. He will create a picture on the inside of you, your personal life, where it's supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, what are you supposed to accomplish, what effect are you supposed to have on other people's lives? Because that's when you're most blessed. See, you're most blessed, not when you carry a vision that only affects your life. You're most blessed when the vision that God has given you affects thousands. Are you listening to me? No, sit there thinking, well, you're not talking about me. I'm not a leader. You are a leader. You are a member of the body of Christ. You are a member of God's army on this earth. You are his representative. Hopefully, you're going to catch it more. Vision is supposed to supply us with direction, with marching orders. God says, when my people do not receive or retain vision, they're going to scatter. They're going to wander in pursuit of their own. Why? Because we've been created to be beings that carry vision. And so when we don't tap into a vision, there's something on the inside going, uh, I'm restless, I'm unsettled, something's not right, I need to tap into something, I need to, some of you came here to church today because you know on the inside, you need to belong to something bigger than you. You need to belong to something that is accomplishing things that God is using to affect this world, yes or no? So you got out of your bed this morning where you wanted to stay, trust me, I was going through the same thing. And you did that because you have something on the inside of you, there's a picture on the inside of you that is saying, there's more, there's more, there's more. And you have a hunger and you have a thirst to get to, to accomplish more and to accomplish things that are gonna bless individuals, things that are gonna outlast us when our time is done on this earth, amen? amen. So, <clears throat> usually people lack vision because they lack a knowledge of the greatness of God. How, let me ask you this question. I know this is a, is a lyric to a song. It's a, how great is your God? Let me ask yourself that question. Seriously, think about it on the inside. Just take, take 10 seconds. How great is your God? Do you ever contemplate that? Do you ever ponder that? Do you ever meditate on that? Do you ever allow yourself to dream and, and ever allow yourself to think back of what God has done in your life in the past? Or maybe, maybe, did you ever consider some of the things that are recorded for us in the Word of God, in the Bible, the great miracles of God? Did you just think alone about the greatness of the cross? How God would allow him, his son, himself to come to this earth in the form of a human being, 
suffer humiliation, suffer physical pain, suffer brutally at the hands of people that hate you, just for the fact so that you could get rid of your sin and come back into relationship with God. You wanna talk about the greatness of God? Let me ask you this question. If he's willing to accomplish that, what do you think he's gonna hold back from you? When he's already given us his best, but how great is your God? You see, because the extent of the greatness that you see your God in is gonna be the extent of the vision that you're gonna be able to walk in. A person who is not aware of what God has done in the past will be incapable of imagining what God can do in their future. If you don't have a picture of how great your God has been to you in the past, if that's not what's fueling you, then how are you ever gonna imagine what is imagination? It's a picture of a vision. How are you gonna imagine him using you in a great way if you, if you have no um, gratitude, if you have no sense of stirring up and remembering what God's done in the past? We've all called to be visionaries to one extent or another, and our ability to envision will usually be tied to two pictures. Number one, what is the picture you have on the inside of what God is capable of? Again, it goes back to what I was just talking about. How great is your God? Number two, what picture do you have on the inside of what he can accomplish through you? Through you. Therefore, the bigger the picture, the bigger the vision. That's faith. Faith is having a picture on the inside of you possessing something, stepping into something, accomplishing something, that you've never been able to in the past. Something that has seemed to be impossible to you in the past. But all of a sudden, you start to allow the word of God, the promises of God, to start developing a picture on the inside. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can. So I got to start now taking that from theory and making it reality. So now take that. What has been impossible to you in the past? I can tell you from my part, 30 years ago, if you were to tell me that I was gonna stand someday and preach from a pulpit five services a week to a room full of people, I would have thrown up on the spot. (laughs) That seemed impossible to me because it was. At that point in my life, it was. But then little by little, little by little, little by little, I allowed the promises of God to start speaking to me. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't have fact, it took 11 years to get to Bible school. It took 11 years to actually allow that vision to produce a picture of me that would cause me, and that picture had to be strong enough to overcome the fear. Okay, we're gonna talk about that in a couple minutes. Because that's, that's the enemy of all vision, is fear. I had, little by little, the word of God began to formulate. Little by little, people, people that, that would speak things inspired by the Holy Spirit over my life, and I would say, okay, at that time I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to hear this, but, but it was still going in. Listen to me, that's why it's so important how we speak to one another. It is so important how we speak over individuals. It's so, parents, so important how we speak about our kids. Okay, if you're one of those, I know well, probably nobody here ever to do this, but if you know somebody who refers to these blankety blank kids, you better watch that. 
Because what you're going to end up with is blankety-blank teenagers who are going to turn into blankety-blank adults, and someday your daughter-in-law, your son-in-law is going to curse you because of the things that you spoke over their spouse. That wasn't in the notes, so somebody had to hear that. (laughs) So the bigger picture, the bigger the picture, the bigger the vision. It's called faith. Hebrews chapter 11. What are we talking about? Vision. Vision is a picture of something that does not exist yet. Yes? Look at this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. It's evidence. The, The substance. Substance. Go like this. Don't go like this. Go like this. Okay, more than these two fingers, because we all know what the two fingers means. Okay. Substance, substance, something that you can feel, right? What is, faith is the substance. It's the thing that you can feel that you know on the inside is real. Let me just tell you this, okay? This church existed two years before we started it. What are you talking about, Pastor? Did you find a time machine? Did you go back? Did you go forward? No, let me explain this to you, okay? 1994, the Lord began to deal with my heart about some things that were gonna change. It's the same feeling I've had since August, okay? Something was gonna change, something was coming, something was coming, so what I do? I start spending more time in prayer. Now, I didn't realize what I was preparing myself for, but I knew this, he's drawing, he's drawing. Are you getting this? Are you getting, some of you were drawn here this morning. He's drawing you. What? So I started praying more, started spending some more time in prayer. Now I'm just saying that, oh, look God, look at how good I am, I'm praying. No, no, I'm praying because I, I gotta clear my head from all the other junk that's going on in my life because life was so busy back then, like as if it's changed, so busy that I had to get some time so that I could hear from God. Why? Because God's always talking. Are you always listening? And so there was something there. 95 comes, spring of 95 comes. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, I'm hearing this. I'm supposed to go to Bible school. I'm gonna start a church. What? I was afraid to tell anybody. And I really did not tell many people at all. But it was getting real. It was getting realer, listen to me. It was getting bigger. It was becoming more real. And the closer we were getting to the fulfillment, the more clear the picture was. And so all of a sudden, at some point in that time, in spring of 95, I have a dream. And I wake up the next morning, and I turn to my wife and go, uh, get ready for this one. We're starting a church. We're going to Bible school. And we're coming back to Bricktown and starting a church. And the name of that church is going to be New Beginnings Christian Fellowship. Because that was the original name of the church. How is this going to happen? I don't know. But watch this now. Vision is always progressive in its revelation. But I grabbed onto it. I actually told my wife, these people will be involved in our church, this couple will be involved in the church, and most of those people are still in this church, 20 years, almost 21 years later. Are you, are you getting this? Now, now, what happens? Now, a vision is supposed to produce action. So my action now is, I need to pray even more. Why? I need more direction. Why? I got four sons, I got a wife, I got a business. If I'm gonna go to Bible school, I need them to be on board. So now I'm spending time in prayer for what? I gotta get more of a picture on the inside. More of a picture on the inside. And the vision began to come. And next thing you know, we're taking a trip out to Tulsa, Oklahoma to see, is this the Bible school we're supposed to go to? Get there? Yes. Come back home, pack up, sell everything. Sold everything. Sold our bedroom set. Sold everything. Why? We didn't have any money. 
Oh, that's irresponsible of you. I had somebody tell me that. You know, it's really irresponsible of you at this time, point in time in the history of your, your family and stuff like this. You know, you were in bankruptcy a few years ago. Honey, listen to me. If every one of us had to wait until we could afford to do what God told us to do, the Israelites would still be in Egypt. Are you listening to me? Vision comes to pass because God supplies for that vision to come to pass. But that vision, no matter how much supply he has on hand, that vision cannot come to pass until it has your yes and your amen. It requires our cooperation. Are you you following me today? I hope this is helping you. Now watch this now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, a, a gentleman who comes to ministry here from time to time, we'll probably have him here later this year, named Marty Blackwelder, made this statement 1997. He said, if you can see it with your heart, you can possess it with your faith. Man, that is good stuff. Because too many Christians pray too soon. What do you mean, Pastor? Here's what I mean. You have got to wait until the vision starts to formulate in your heart to the point where you know this is real. You know this is going to happen. There is no way that you're going to be convinced otherwise. Then you pray, then you receive. That's what Jesus is talking about in Mark chapter 11. I'll teach about that sometime in the future. Okay? Now watch this now. I said to you before, this church, New Beginnings, New Beginnings existed two years before we had the first service. What does that mean, Pastor? It was alive in here. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about this stuff because God has walked me through it. It was so alive in here, there was no way possible that you could have convinced me otherwise. Now, my wife, she knew what God was speaking to me about, but truthfully, excuse me, it wasn't as alive to her as it was to me. But watch this now, watch this now. Because I had established a track record in my wife's life of I do not just say God told me just for any flippant thing, okay? She knows that if I said I believe with all my heart that God is leading us this way, she could now, even though though it might not have been as real to her as it was to me, but this could be real to her, my husband believes this. Now, can we get on a little side journey here for about five seconds? This is why you married couples need to guard your relationship between husband and wife. Because see, the enemy does not want that to happen. The enemy wants to always bring division, always bring strife, always bring chaos, so that one or the other can't get on board with the vision, so that the vision never comes to pass. Are you following me here this morning? So stop worrying about who's right and who's wrong. Stop worrying, she did this and he did, shut up. Protect the vision. Protect it with your life. Protect it with your, with your feelings. If you've got to lay your emotions down, lay them down. Why? The cause is greater than your feelings. Oh, man, I wish somebody would get a hold of this today. Supernatural vision is always empowered by a close relationship with God. Vision is meant to produce action. Vision, listen to this, vision minus action is nothing more than a daydream. That's all it is. If you claim you have a vision for something, I'm gonna ask you the question, what action are you taking? What action are you taking? I spoke to a young man before the service, don't wanna embarrass him, he's sitting right back there. 
he has displayed evidence in his life that he potentially could step into a position of worship. Now, I believe that vision has come to the past on the inside, and why? Because I've already seen him take steps. So I said to him this morning, when are you going to try out for the worship team? He said, as soon as possible. I went, there it is, what? See, now what happens? Vision produces action. Are you catching this? Now, I've spoken to other individuals that way, that I may have seen some things, and it's like, well, you know, you know, one of these days, oh, you haven't caught it yet. See, because when you catch a vision, you'll knock everything down in your path to get to, the, to get to the realization of that thing. You will start taking action, okay? My, our action, when God revealed to us, you go into Bible school, you're gonna come back and start church. It was like, all of our things in the house didn't matter anymore. Uh, sell that, sell it. We need a bed. Well, we need a bed right now, but we won't need it, you know, when it's Sunday. So we're gonna sell the furniture, we're gonna sell this, we're gonna sell that. We literally, literally, a month before we were supposed to leave New Jersey to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma, you would have came to our house, the entire living room and dining room were filled with boxes packed. It looked like we were leaving tomorrow, but yet there was another month, a month and a half yet. Why? Because when you get a hold of the vision that God puts in your heart, you just want to move with it. And listen to me, I'm going to tell you this again. I know some of you already know what I'm going to announce in a couple of weekends from now. And I just pray that God watches over your mouth that you don't say anything. <laughs> but listen to me. The thing that we are about to launch into is so big that it actually could be scary. Okay? And that's how you usually know it's God. God very rarely assigns you something that's safe. Okay? He's always going to be a tremendous element of risk involved. If there's no risk involved, it doesn't require any faith. If it doesn't require any faith, it's not going to please God. It's probably not from him. Okay? But it's going to require every single one of us to allow a picture to get formulated on the inside. Now, God, God has shown me, God revealed this thing to me back in August. And listen to me, behind the scenes, we've been taking action, 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 lining things up, training people, uh, just dreaming for the future taking physical, actual steps to, to walk out what God's put in our heart. Now, it's gonna come and it's gonna hit you like a storm in three weeks from now. And the reason why this can happen is because we've been doing so much preparation ahead of time. Listen, I just found out this morning in the first service why this church exploded as fast as it did. I said to you before, now we're talking about vision again, right? This church existed two years here in my heart before we ever had a single service. You've heard me talk about this before, bears repeating. We first got to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We start enrolling in our classes. But there was something different. And I'll go back to an incident that took place and about a gentleman who I will talk to you about at the end of the service. In 1995, when I, was, when I received the vision on the inside that I'm going to leave New Jersey, move to Tulsa, Oklahoma, go to Bible school for two years, at the end of the two years, we're coming back to New Jersey, and that fall, we'll start a church. When that vision hit me, I went and took that to a man who I had been supernaturally connected to. And that gentleman's name is Pastor David T. Damola, who just went home to be with the Lord. Just went home to be with the Lord. 
And I went to him and I said, Pastor Dave, I had nobody else to take this to. When I unrolled just before him, I said, this is what God's been dealing with me. Now, God had put him supernaturally in my life the year before. And I said to him, I believe I'm supposed to go to Rainbow Bible Training Center. I know that God's gonna send me back to Bricktown to start a church. This is the name of the church, blah, blah, blah. He sat there, listened to the whole thing. Arms folded at a table. If any of you knew him, he just sat there going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. When I was done, he said this to me. What do you want me to do for you? I was being tested. I didn't realize it then, but I realize it now as a pastor. He said, what do you want me to do for you? I said to him, I don't expect you to do anything. Just pray for me that I walk out God's will. And he went like this. (laughs) I I gave the right answer. (laughs) And he said to me, this is what he said to me. I'm going to license you before you leave. I went, all the blood drained out of me. I literally sat there paralyzed because two weeks before I had had a conversation with my wife and I said to her, I will never ask anybody to license me. If God doesn't provide the individual supernaturally, I'm not going forward with this thing. Why? Because I'm not gonna have the devil five years down the road when things get tough say to me, this wasn't God, you did this on your own. You put this whole thing together. Two weeks, now I'm thinking it's gonna happen two years after I graduate Bible school. I'm gonna have to worry about licensing. Watch this now. He said to me, no, no, I'm sending you out there as a minister. So now what happened now? From the first day I started class, I wasn't sitting in the school as Joe Source. I was sitting in the school in my heart uh, since I had already had hands laid on me, already had received an ordination, already had received my license, so I went out there as Pastor Joe Source. The church existed two years before it started. So I'm walking around, camp, now, now, now listen to me, hear me out, Don't be, be mature about things. I'm not saying I walked around going, hey, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, hey, here's my business card, it says reverend on it. Come on. What I'm saying is this, on the inside, that enablement, that empowerment that I received from that man enabled me to walk on the inside, this is real. All I got to do is walk out this next two years, learn everything I need to learn, get impacted by what the Holy Spirit's going to deposit in me, and we're doing this in two years. So now watch this now. Now I start almost on a weekly basis. When it comes time to, in the church that we're there, I'm sitting there, and it's time to take the offering. Guess what? I take an offering envelope. Now we paid our regular tithes, okay? Tithes we sent back here, and tithes we paid there, okay? But on the envelope, I'm writing, besides my wife would take care of the personal one, I'm writing... New Beginnings Christian Fellowship, Brick, New Jersey. Now, if you heard me say this before, if the accounting department would try to look up in New Jersey, where's this New Beginnings Christian Fellowship in Brick? What address is it? Where's the building? What are they doing? Where, what time do they meet? It did not exist yet in the natural, but it existed in, listen to me, these are spiritual principles. It existed in the realm of the spirit for two years before we started the service. That just dawned on me in the last service. Why? Day one, day one, September the 14th, 1997, if you would have been there, 59 adults showed up, over 20 or 30 children in a children's department that was full scale, every classroom equipped, teachers, everybody, full worship team on the platform day one. Why? Because the church had existed already for two years in the spirit. We literally had two years of preparation. 
before we started. That's what vision will do for you. Now watch this now, you gotta be careful because when vision rises up, fear will come to try to rob it. Some of you, some of you have not yet walked in the vision that God has for you because of fear. And you know what fear does? Fear automatically triggers excuses. I don't have time to go through this, you're gonna have to look at the scriptures yourself, Exodus chapter three. I gotta paraphrase this. Nah, give me the scriptures, Exodus chapter three. Starting verse seven, we gotta do this quick. Now watch this now, you know the background, you know who Moses is, you know Moses, Charlton Heston, stick, 10 commandments, okay. <laughs> Got it? And the Lord said to Moses, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, let's move fast. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, remember burning bush, and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, okay? Next, next verse. To a land flowing with? Milk. Come on guys, the other services did it better. To a land flowing with? Milk. Thank you. Honey. To the place where all the ites live. Okay, next verse. Now, therefore, he's gonna say it again. Now why, what's he doing? He's trying to paint a vision on the inside of Moses' heart, why? It's been 40 years since he's been in Egypt. 40 years ago, he was first, he had firsthand experience of seeing the suffering. But he's been gone for 40 years. So God has got to deposit in him, he's got to recreate a picture, he's got to cause him to re-experience the horrors that he saw, and so what's he saying? I've seen their cries, I've heard their cries, I've seen the oppression, I've seen how the taskmasters are treating them. Now behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up to me, I've also seen the oppression with the Egyptians press them. And stop at, stop at verse nine, right? I almost said root nine. Stop at verse nine, watch this now. Watch, imagine this, imagine, I don't know, maybe I'm weird, imagine this. I see Moses going like this, I am so glad that you finally noticed all this stuff. You know, because I even was wondering myself, God, you know, you know, our, our people now have been in that land there for over 400 years, and it's like they've been suffering for, 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 for centuries now. It's about time that our people, that you start taking some notice, God, you know? You know, God, it's about time. You know, you know, pastor, we, we just found out that there's a family down the street and they really need help. And pastor, there's a person on my job and, and you know, I, I, we know that you really care about the community and stuff like this. Uh, it's easy, it's easy to let somebody, to let God paint a picture on the inside of a vision. Verse 10 is when it gets tough. Watch this now. Come now, therefore, and I will send you. Uh, you got weak on that one because you know where I'm going. Okay, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring the people, of my children of Israel, the children of Israel out of Egypt. What happened here? What did we just witness? Here's what we just witnessed. God paints a picture on the inside of us and gives us a vision so that we will take action. But when we realize, oh, you're talking to me. I thought you were just talking in general, God. Oh, so now you want me to be personally invested here. You want me, you want me to go talk to Pharaoh? The last time I saw Pharaoh, he's chasing me out of Egypt because I killed somebody there. Now you want me to go back? Yeah. What happened? Fear rose up. Fear rose up. And when fear rises, listen to me, when fear rises up, you'll always look for excuses. I didn't find out in 1994 that I was going to pastor. People have been speaking that to me for years, 
And every time they did, I went, you're talking to the wrong guy. I can't do that. No, you don't understand. I'm a businessman. And I have people. I had a gentleman who lived in, a minister who lived with us, lived in an apartment downstairs from our house. This guy had been around major ministries throughout his life. David, okay. And he'd come upstairs, he'd come and have dinner with us, and he'd sit at the table and go, Joe, you're a pastor, man. And I'd go, David, don't talk like that in front of me. My wife would get even more freaked out than I did. I said, you don't understand, that's, that's, not, that's your opinion, but that's not the way it is. You know, you know I'm in business, I'm, I'm in the restaurant business and all this other stuff, and that's, you know, that's what I'm supposed to do. No, Joe, I've been around enough pastors to recognize you're a pastor. And so even though I was, the fear came, why? Because I told you before, the thought of getting up to speak in front of a group of people, I'd have to have a, one of those bags that they have in the, you know, in the airlines. <laughs> Just the thought of that. But little by little, little by little, the promises of God started to paint a picture on the inside of me. I don't mean personal promises. I mean promises like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't. I would read how, how the anointing, when it would come on Saul, would change him into a different man. And I thought, man, if he could do it for Saul, if, if God could take a Saul of Tarsus, forget about King Saul, but if God could take a Saul of Tarsus and change his heart and he could become a different man, then why couldn't he do it with me? Well, you see, you... You have got to allow the promises of God to create a vision on the inside of you, regardless of what it looks like. That's a pastor, you don't understand. My life is a wreck. My life has been a wreck. What difference does that make? How great is your God? That's what I want to ask you. Let the word of God formulate a picture. And listen to me. Don't listen to the people that are around you. If I were to listen to the people around me when I first started stepping into even the possibilities of going to Bible school, forget it. I'd still be slicing bologna someplace. So Moses doesn't guard his heart and he allows fear to come in. And he starts telling God, I'm afraid. Who am I to go talk to Moses, to, to Pharaoh? God says, I'll be with you every step of the way, I'm there. Well, well what if I go talk to them and they say, well, well, who sent you? Who's this God? No, tell them I sent. Tell them I am that I am has sent you. But what if they don't put any trust in me? What if they place no value on my message? He says, what do you got in your hand? He says, a stick, a rod. Throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground, it turns into a snake. And God says, now grab hold of it. Thank God he never told me that one. Because again, I'd still be slicing bologna. What, what is that all about? Because when he grabbed a hold of it, it turned back into the rod again. It turned back into that staff. What is that all about? Because God sometimes will require you to come face to face with the thing that you fear the most so that when you conquer that thing, never again can the enemy use that in your life. Excuse after excuse after excuse. And God wouldn't have them. What excuse have you formulated out of fear that has stopped you from walking in the vision that God has for your life. I'm telling you, you better face that thing. Face it head on, because fear is a coward. Once you turn around and face it, it runs. But if you don't face it, it'll chase you. You got this? So, so how does this start here? How does, what do we do from here? How do we go from here? Well, in the next few weeks, you're gonna come back? Uh, was it about 10% of you? Are you going to come back? Yes. 
Okay, but listen, before we go, listen, I, I need you to see this. There is a principle that pertains to vision in the Old Testament that you and I need to hold on to. Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. Can I have that? Habakkuk chapter two, verse two. Then God answered, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. The message translation says it this way. Oh, that was the message translation, wasn't it? Write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. What is it saying in plain language? Listen, what I'm doing this week, what I'm gonna do next week, and especially what I'm gonna do on the weekend of March the 17th and 18th, I am gonna write this vision out for you in such detail and so clear. The reasons why, the how. How has this been unfolding since August? That you're gonna be able to take it with me and run with it. Why? Because it's too big to do by myself. I wouldn't even attempt it. It's too big to do even with my staff and our, our present leadership. It's too big. It's too big for even the present volunteer base of this church to accomplish just on our own. That is, the, that is the magnitude of vision that God has released to us for 2018 and for the future of this ministry. It'll speak, the Bible goes on to say. The vision will speak. I'll bring you back to that conversation real quick. I have a Pastor Damola back in 1995, and then we're going to wrap this up. We're out of here. I sat across the table from him, and I said to him, Pastor Dave, I believe I'm called to start a church two years from now. I'm trembling. I'm scared. First of all, he's a very intimidating person to me back then. Just, just the fact of being able to sit across the table with him was like, is this really happening? But he told me at one point in time, he said, listen, I'm busy, but I know the Holy Spirit has assigned me to your life, and I'm going to walk you through this. And he was an amazing man, amazing. He'd call me up in the morning and go, okay, what's going on? I was praying this morning, the Holy Spirit put you on my heart. What's happening? And it would be a day like, oh, you can't believe what's happening. I'm going to miss him so much. But he said this. I said to him, Pastor Dave, in two years I'm coming back to start this church. I believe this is what God's put on my heart. And I'm looking for comfort, you know, I'm looking for a safety thing. I'm looking for, and he points his big fat finger at me and he goes, we'll see you in two years if God spoke to you. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> but what happened? Habakkuk says, write that vision down, we can run with it, for it's an appointed time, verse three says, it's an appointed time, and in the end, the vision will speak. Well, guess what? On September the 14th, 1997, the vision spoke. New Beginnings Christian Fellowship started on that Sunday. And here we are 20 years later, doing five services a week, seeing probably... 1,100 people a week at least. And it started out with a little vision. It started out with something that seemed like, really, is this really gonna happen? I know he's deposited things in your heart. I know there's some of you sitting here, and I'm telling you, based on the word of God, based on the faithfulness of God, if you allow him to, he will start to develop that vision on the inside. Maybe it's a vision of, of having a spouse. Maybe it's a vision of having a business. Maybe it's a vision. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about ministry. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you about a family in the future that you're going to have. Whatever it is, allow him. Just give him a little bit of faith. Allow him the opportunity 
to develop that picture on the inside. And so when it does, you will be most blessed. Now let me tell you about God's vision real quick, 30 seconds, we're done. God has a vision. He's, it's a vision that he's carried within himself forever. And that vision is to see you in heaven with him for all of eternity. That's God's vision. Unfortunately, there's been some people that didn't cooperate that vision and he'll never see them there. But you're still here. You're still alive. You're still breathing. You still have time. But a vision cannot come to pass unless the person involved in that vision cooperates. Are you hearing me? Will you fulfill God's vision for your life? He wants you to be in his presence forever. But in order for that to happen, you've got to make a choice. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that when he died on the cross, he died to pay for your sins and for my sins? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead three days later and he's alive right now? If you do, are you willing to make a declaration of faith stating with your mouth what you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Savior, that you believe that he died for you, you believe these things? If you will make that commitment today, if you've never made it before, if you will make that declaration today, you will begin to fulfill God's vision for your life. It can't happen otherwise. Amen? Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.